hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. Hope everyone's having a wonderful Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Today. Tuesday. Yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm so thrown off because as you guys know, I've I've had to start uh, working just about every day. It's my only day off in like nine days. I'm working like eight twelves with one day off in the middle, and I'm exhausted. I was gonna say we're still working on these days of the week. Yeah, and and you you guys uh you showed up and I was passed out on the couch. Tonight. Oh yeah, you look you look so tired. I was out, dude. I was exhausted. I didn't know uh, how to fix things for myself today. It was pretty rough. But uh, anyways, before we get too far into this, let's talk about some sponsors. Of course, we got TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break Cycle, uh, where you can get all kinds of great hats, backpacks, hoodies, uh, other things. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can get that that nice uh, hoodie over there that AJ's wearing tonight. They uh, run a little small. Yeah, they do run a tad run bit small. small. Remember that. I'm a big, I'm a big guy. AJ's a big guy. I'm gonna wash this. It's not gonna fit. Yeah, I wear, I buy an extra large, and then I am always like, I should have got the, the yep. double XL. Double XL. But uh, you can get that stuff 10% off by using BTC at checkout at a 10 uh, at, at a 10% discount. I just almost set, just doubled it up. Uh, of course, you can join the Patreon, subscribe, star, become a member of our YouTube channel under all of our videos by hitting the join link, where you can get into a private Discord server and get all of Top Lops's new gear up to two weeks before it goes to the general public at a 30% discount. So if you're doing five or 10 bucks a month to the show, buying Top Lops the new gear, you're actually saving money and supporting both of us. So we appreciate that. It's really, really cool stuff. Uh, and we appreciate when you guys do that. And of course, executive producers of the show uh i messed that one up uh anthemplanning.com uh for all your emergency and crisis planning needs check them out today see what they can do for your business home or personal life they're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently they help organizations solve unsolvable problems in the technology and hr arenas their team leads by example anthem consultants have led their own organizations through demanding periods of change now they help clients succeed in the face of technology and personnel Challenges. Plus, they're just wonderful people. I don't talk about. I need to bring the Amy back on. I say that every show. Yeah, we should. We gotta bring Amy back on soon. She's great, man. She's really she's she's very intelligent. She's actually worked with like local governments and stuff on crisis and and uh, uh, emergency preparedness and stuff like that too. Like it's cool, crazy. She knows how all that stuff works, and she knows that it's like super wasteful and they suck at it. And whoa, yeah, she's the you guys. If you get a chance, the first time she came on my show, you guys should go back and watch that show. She's highly intelligent, wonderful person. Uh, I love her to death. Let's check in with my two amazing co-hosts, Twiddle D and Twiddle Dumb. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm just kidding. Uh, AJ Fisher and Brian Kurth. I'm just kidding. Uh, dibs on Twiddle Dumb. <laughs> How you guys doing? You guys hanging in there? I, I mean, doing good. Yeah. Having fun. Uh, always happy to be here. And can I get some, yep, cocks in the chat? I need chat some cocks in the chat. Jesus, this guy. You guys never drop him any roosters anymore. It's really sad. AJ, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. Happy I'm to see you. The hero of the day, I bought my kids a puppy. You bought a puppy today? Yeah. I'm just sorry. had him show up. I'm sorry. The lady just showed up. I have a puppy. She's two hours away. I, uh, I can't stand her. The kids oh, love her, though. This guy is amazing. Is no name good? yet. 11-week-old uh, boxer. Oh, it's a boxer? Male. Oh, I, I, uh, I'll pray for you. Boxers are impossible to deal with sometimes when they get older. They're some of the worst dogs, but... What? I should have got a Hold cat. on. I got to hear I gotta hear this. Why are the boxers the worst dog? They just don't listen very well. They're what? They don't listen very well. They're they don't super listen ultra, very well? ultra hyper. Like very hyper. No. That's a stereotype. I buy the chill ones. I've never There's met, one in every litter. a boxer that wasn't hyper. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I had one that was 13. Huh. Smoky. Smoky. Smokey, smoking Joe Frazier. So I'm trying to lean towards boxing names with the kids. So I'm like, 
Jack, Rocky, Floyd, Champ. Rockies. Yeah, Rockies like obvious. Yeah. So then I was like, Camilla. Spinks, right? Leon Spinks, uh, Jake Paul. <laughs> you just got to do a normal name, but with lisp in it. Jake Paul. You should name him Jake Paul. Maybe Jake. I'd go with Jake. That's cool. Yeah, I have a friend, Jake. All right, guys, we have a great show for you tonight. I'm very excited. Uh, thanks for thanks for hanging out with us on a Tuesday night. Um, I've been following this gentleman for a long time uh, through different phases of both of our political careers. I believe I I started following him a long time ago uh, on several platforms. He is the uh, director of field operations for uh, Bring Our Troops Home, which is you guys already know that I'm a fan just by the name of the the uh, the organization. Uh, Mr. Diego Rivera, sir, how are you doing tonight? What's up, man? How you doing? Good, good. Thanks, thanks for coming on the show. I know uh, we we tried to we tried to get it done last week, and then I double booked on accident um, and, with Caleb, and uh, I was like, "Well, shit, we'll uh, we'll bring them both on. That'd be good." But then it would have been it would have been because Diego's got some very serious things to say, and then Caleb's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. you know." What I mean? So it, it probably wouldn't have worked out the way that we wanted to. So I'm glad that I was able to get you on and have like a just a show with you, but. Um, before we go too for far into all kinds of other stuff, why don't you tell us about these, uh, this organization, Bring the Troops Home, what you guys are doing, what you're working on, why it's important. Right. So Bring Our Troops Home, well, we do a couple things, but our main focus has been to push the Defend the Guard legislation for anybody that hasn't heard of it. You want me to explain it real quick? I know that there's a lot of people, but I still run into uh, libertarians that don't know necessarily what the defend the guard legislation is so i can uh explain yeah, please it please elaborate on what that is all right so the, the 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 defend the guard legislation essentially is a state-based legislation right that focuses that says that without a formal declaration of war from congress right according to article one section eight of the constitution right that without congress formally declaring war that the states that put this legislation forward reserve the right not to send their National Guardsmen into active duty combat. And it's that simple. It's, it's some of the, in my opinion, it's some of the simplest legislation yeah. that I've seen come out of the Liberty Movement, because it is a Liberty Movement based. I mean, the 10th Amendment helped on the, on the wording. I know that. I, 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 I think that uh, Mahari may have written it. Right. Right. Mike Mahari actually wrote the legislation. Uh, but there's been people all throughout the Liberty Movement, both Republicans, um, libertarians that have worked on this. Scott Horton has gone. I think he went and testified in front of uh, the the House of Texas. I believe it was in Texas. Yeah, he sure did. Um, and and I've had I've had Scott on a couple times. He's talked about it on the show. Of course, we usually go off onto some tangent about uh, Waco or the Middle East or something. You know, you know, how Scott rolls. All you got to do is, hey, Scott, how's it going? Yemen, and then you just sit back and That's let him it. go for an hour and a half. You know. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. Well, go That's ahead. That's my guy, man. Oh Love yeah, Scott. Guy. Scott's the best. He's one of my, he's one of my very favorite people in the, the whole movement, dude. The guy's, 100%. yeah, he's just, he's really like, he, he can get, he can get up in your face too about shit, but he's, uh, he's just so cool. Are you guys drinking forties over there? Mm -hmm. You guys over there drinking? Yeah, 40s? Modelo. As Scott makes me want to step my autism game up. <laughs> you guys are, you guys are literally over there drinking forties, Modelo forties in QT paper bags it, but... on the show. Really? Wow. Free ad from Modelo right there. Yeah. Yeah, they just got they just got another hundred viewers. All right, what's up? Uh, so so Diego, uh, tell me what's your guys' part in this? You were talking about some institutional classes and stuff like that. What what are you guys doing uh, as far as helping to push this this legislation? 
Right. So now we have a couple rounds of where we're being heard. The bill's been introduced in many states now. It's being heard in committees. Um, and we're learning our lesson, right? So like if, if you know, we introduce A, they come back with B. We put B, they put C. So we're, we're constantly evolving what it is. Um, what do we have to do to get it to move forward, right? Where we do a couple things, right? So we do a political leadership school where we essentially teach, you know, confrontational politics and grassroots activism. And one of the things that we've learned uh, is that we really don't care if these politicians are like, you know, we're not going to get like a Ron Paulian uh, in there and we're not going to get like an example on a committee or in a house or whatever. They're not all going to be uh, Ron Pauls. That's an impossibility. And most politicians are, you know, narcissists, sociopaths or whatever. Um, but we have this expression that says that we don't care if you see the light so long as you feel the heat. Nice. I like and, that. That's a good one. And so we want to put them into a position where they're squirming, but they're forced to do the right thing. And when I say that, it's it's one strategy that I've noticed, and you, I, I'm going to explain this, and you guys will, will see that this makes sense. So one of the things that we've done is that we've started pushing local American Legion chapters to adopt Defend the Guard resolution as a part of their post, as a part of their district, and now in places like Maine, uh, those guys did that work uh, where, you know, uh, they put forward, the American Legion of Maine officially put forward a resolution supporting the Defend the Guard. Now, the reason that that evolved in our tool bag was because, you know, you can stand there on a committee and you can explain this stuff uh, uh, in a million ways, you can educate the legislators and sometimes that moves them on a whip list on, on where exactly they are. And instead of, you know, before they were against it, now they're neutral. Now they're learning more about it. Maybe they shift and, you know, this year they're in support of it. So a lot of it is that politicians are dumb as sin. Right. So <clears throat> we do educate and we want to give them that opportunity, but we also want to make it really hard for them to have to say no. And by getting on board with, you know, we have endorsements uh, with uh, the West Virginia ACLU. We have endorsements through the American Legion in Maine. We just had one of uh, one of the guys, uh, Zeb Proctor down in Tennessee, got post 81 to adopt Defend the Guard resolution. Uh, and so, like, now it's about moving it through different local posts up to the district, up to the state, because here's why. When we show up to these committees, now you're not just voting against me. Now you're not just voting against the legislator that's championing this bill or the 10th Amendment Center or Diego or Josh or whoever. You're now voting against the veterans. And boys are going to be really uncomfortable when we call your district and we remind everybody that you didn't support the American Legion. And if we call blue districts that you didn't support the ACLU, and so that's that's a really really tough thing to have to explain to your constituent. Yeah, well, and that's it's it's funny because I when I when I was talking about when I was giving speeches in 2017 2018 before I had ever been a public speaker at all, one thing that always stuck out to me in my speech was that I talked about how people come to the ballot box for hope and change, right? I said hope right. and change, and and Obama ran on that platform. That was his whole platform, hope and change, right? But but there's it goes a little deeper than that. There's like three or four things that every single candidate 
in in federal politics has to talk about or or they will not get elected. Uh, healthcare is one of those things. Education right. is one of those things. And the veterans. It's so important that you, as a politician, are supposed to be in support of Americans' veterans because you're the ones who send them to war, right? And and so it's so funny to me how every federal politician in the country talks about the veterans. And then when they get elected, they don't do shit. They don't do a fucking thing. They continue to push these wars around the world. I mean, we're looking at possible World War III now. Of course, I think that with the with the impending doom of a nuclear winter, uh, there is no such thing as World War III anymore. It's just nuclear holocaust, and that's it. Honestly, that's yeah, what I think it is. Yeah. Um, right. And uh, and so, you know, it's, it's just so bizarre to me. And, and you brought up another great point, too, when you're talking about, um, uh, you know, how most politicians are stupid or pieces of shit or whatever, like uh, w- what you said. I As I've traveled around the country, I've been to, I don't know, 40-something states now for, for this cause. Um, I've, right. traveled, I've traveled all over over the last six years, man. It's been wild. And I've met a lot of politicians, a lot of politicians right. on my side, a lot of politicians from the other side. And I always say like 99% of them are horrible people, including the people on my side. <laughs> um, there's very few of them on my side of a lot of issues that are, are actually good. You know, I think that Thomas Massey, you know, obviously when I met him, he was amazing. He was really down to earth. Yeah. Nice guy. Rand Paul was really cool. There are some Republicans that are really good. Jeff, Jeff Shipley, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, even the ones I meet, you know, even if they support some of the stuff that I, I support, they're just pieces mm-hmm. of shit, dude, like terrible people. So it is nice to have some kind of mechanism where you can put this extra pressure on them because it doesn't matter to them usually, typically. But right. you, until you start putting pressure on them. And and oh. <clears throat> this is something I've said about libertarian candidates too. It doesn't matter if the libertarian candidate wins. Like we want, we would like the libertarian right. candidate to win. It doesn't matter though. As long as the libertarian candidate is circling that position like a shark in the water, then other candidates are going to have to start governing governing like they campaign. And that's the important thing. That's what's so important for us. You know, that's why I try to explain to people when they're like, oh, I'm not going to vote for the libertarian candidate. They can't win. Yes, but the more votes they get, the more uncomfortable the other, your own politician gets. You know what I mean? Right. What's up, Ryan? Yeah. Well, Iowa has gotten pretty liberty centric yeah we've since you know uh we became the libertarian party became a major party party, in iowa since then school choice has been passed they're talking about a lot of the pipeline stuff well that and then of course the the gun legislation here is is some of the best in the country now um uh the healthcare freedom is huge here i mean we really do have a good state now and it, it does, it is in part because the libertarians became a major party status here and they were running candidates all over the state and people were like, holy shit, we're going to lose these positions. You know, it got really close on a few races this year too. Yep, it really man. did. And then in the spirit of free market competition, we're coming for your ass, New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah. No, we're beating New Hampshire already. Sorry, dude. dude the, as soon as we legalize weed here, we'll already be way past New Hampshire, bro. Way past. Uh, Diego, what were you about to say? You had something? Oh man, I was just listening to you guys. Just having fun. Okay. Um, but you did mention there was something that that caught my attention here too is that even the liberty candidates need some pressure and boy do they uh especially with legislation like this um even the ones that are like look i love this in concept but leadership's gonna drag me through the mud and then we just have to remind them look buddy you're not there for power you're there to put all this stuff forward and if you don't want to do that then we're coming for scalps yeah, and I've I've said that a lot too. I think that was another kind of like a quote that I I've, I've been saying a lot over the last few years is um you know we 
we want to win and, and we want to get people into these positions, but we're not getting into these positions to acquire power, right? And I think that's where the the, the divide between the, the so-called post-libertarians or whatever they're calling themselves these days, which I love. Those guys are my friends. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, Tho Bishop and, and Pete Quinones and these guys have all been really good friends of mine. Uh, Buck Johnson especially is, is one of my favorite dudes. And I love um, everybody you've mentioned so far. So, yep. Yeah, they're all great dudes, man. I love them to death. And they they, they want to get into positions to take the power and use the power and 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 more power to them, dude. I, I think that there's got to be some people like that out there if we're going to combat right. the other side trying to take power and use power. But for me and the Libertarian Party, the specific strategy is to get into these positions to relinquish power. That's the goal, right? Mm -hmm. And you relinquish power by be, like getting rid of bad legislation, passing good legislation, like defend the guard or stuff like that. Um, and that's what you should be doing. And, and you should be doing that at every single level you can get elected at. I mean, if you're getting elected as mayor of a town, you should get rid of the law that says we're going to fine you $100 a day if you don't cut your grass. You know what I mean? Just yeah. dumb, dumb shit like that. But as a libertarian, you have the opportunity to do that. I know that uh, there was a libertarian um, mayor elected in Ohio who got rid of like traffic tickets or something like crazy shit. Right. right. And it worked out nobody, nobody was harmed or injured and people were happy. And she threw all the traffic tickets out of court and uh, pretty crazy, pretty crazy things to think about, man. We're, we're good at liquidating waste. I think when libertarians get into a position where they liquidate government waste. And sometimes I think people on the left are looking for something progressive. They want to see you build something when they right. want to see you like, you know, and we do, but it's more about a voluntary nature. So we're not trying to grow the government. So sometimes I think they see that as a, well, and I don't know if you're, like, I don't what know are you how doing? familiar you guys are. Maybe Diego might be with Jeff Hewitt who, um, yep. yeah, Jeff, Hewitt. Jeff Hewitt, uh, was a California libertarian. Uh, he was mm -hmm. on the LNC with me. Actually, we served on the LNC together. He got elected as the mayor of his home city, Calamesa. It's in Southern California, Riverside County, um, inland empire, I believe. And, uh, and he got elected as the mayor. And he, first thing he did is he went around because the, the town was failing. They were like um, going bankrupt real fast and it wasn't good. And he went around and he got all of the fire departments and the police and stuff off the CalPERS uh, um, uh, retirement plants. Okay. That were like huge, crazy sums that were destroying the, the budget. So he got them all off and got them all on their own private retirements and 401ks and stuff like that yep. and totally saved the city from from uh becoming bankrupt right and 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 this is what people don't understand They're, you know people like me like with a platform or dave smith or something i understand you running for a bigger position right like that's mm -hmm. i get it right like if i wanted to go run for congress like u.s congress mm -hmm. I could go run for U.S. Congress. I have a big enough national following that I can I can get, raise the money that I need to to fight here. I don't know that I could do that here. Run, get enough money from just right here. Right. But I could do it from outside sources from around the country because I have the following. Dave Smith for sure. Right. Yeah. People like that for sure. But if you don't have that kind of following, you can run for city council, dude. You can run for mayor. You can run for state legislator. And these are all positions where you have the opportunity to affect change on your community your county, your state. And so what Jeff did was he he ran for Mayor Calamesa. He won. He showed what libertarian policy in, in practice can do. And then he got elected as the county supervisor of, of Riverside County. Now we're talking about Riverside County is has a bigger population than like 10 other states. This is just a county in California. And it has a $2 billion budget. Wow. Just the county alone. And so he got elected as the as a one of the five county supervisors for the county of Riverside, just because he did so well as a mayor 
in his city. And now this is a man who, if you've ever met him and shook his hand and talked to him, he could easily run for president or Congress. I mean, he's very, very likable, down to earth, blue collar guy, dude. Right. And like, we haven't always seen eye to eye with, on him with everything, but he's, he's really down to earth. He like was a pool guy. Like he, he, uh, built pools. People he was like a blue collar dude, you know? Um, but he knows how to talk to people really well. And so that's what people should be doing. They should be like, I'm going to run for city council, get on my city council. Cause you can get on your city council. Most city council races, almost, almost all of them out of a couple of States are nonpartisan. So you don't even have to say you're a libertarian. You know what I mean? Um, but then you run for mayor, then you can run for uh, county something, then you can run for state legislature. Then you've had enough bit following in your area, you might be able to get elected for something like that. You know what I mean? In my hometown, I worked as a lifeguard at like a fitness center. And one of the front desk people got elected mayor when I was working with her. So she became mayor of a 6,000 person town because she was just kind of like, eh, I'll run. Yeah. So especially if you're in a smaller town, like it's so much easier to make an impact on that local level. Right. Yeah, I agree, man. What What are your thoughts on that strategy, Diego? Oh, yeah, I agree with it 100%. What I like is the diversity of like there's people that think that you should use the vehicle of the Republican Party. There's people that think that you should be the LP. I think both work. Um, and I think that building a bench is essentially how you're trying to describe this, right? Is that you kind of got to percolate upwards, man. You have to show some credibility in the fact that you can do a lot of these things. But once you show some of the receipts and governance, then people actually start to believe you. And now for them, you're not just talking about theory, right? Or a philosophy. You're showing people that in practice, right? And I think even uh, Davey Smith says, uh, I think, probably one of the clearest things he's ever said is just like if it doesn't work in practice then your theory shit right right and essentially right by showing your receipts and percolating upwards you can get to those bigger positions i think sometimes yeah it is a little foolish sometimes to run for the bigger ones especially if you're allocating serious resources into this whereas like i understand being there for you know, the, the ballots and all that stuff. But sometimes I think that really focusing on that local stuff and percolating upwards is going to have a better effect. I do. Yeah. 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 I agree, man. It's, I, I, you know, and I think that libertarians, it, it sucks because as, as a party, we've gotten the short end of the stick, right? We've had to spend massive amounts of resources fighting ballot access laws, of course, uh, massive, massive amounts of, of misinformation about what the party and, and the libertarians stand for. Now we're fighting it in our own party even. You know what I mean? That yeah. mass mis- yeah. misinformation. And Hollywood's really starting to ramp it up. The, oh, Hollywood is starting to ramp yeah, up the, the attack. Yeah. <clears throat> there's a movie uh, in the works right now where the main character joins a libertarian masculinity cult and, yeah. you know, just becomes this awful misogynist, you know, us here at the LP. Yeah, it's, it's so crazy. It is really bizarre <laughs> to me that, that, that it's like as the party has get, gotten, and, and I mean, it's not bizarre. I think this is something that we expect. Mm-hmm. Like we, we knew, and Maj, Maj said it best, and we talked about on the show with Maj the other night, and, and when Maj was speaking at the national convention in May, um, we knew that once we started to get at, at the least bit threatening, that they would start doing everything they could, dirt like dirty, shit, oh, yeah. to yeah. to fight us. Um, and and uh, you know, there's, I I think that my campaigns 
and I'm not trying to take all the credit here, but I think my campaign since 2017 helped a lot of people get used to that. Right. Absolutely. Because I, because I, I dealt with it from intra-party shit, right? Like my, I had people, like I've said on the show a million times, they called me a Debbie dad. They called me uh, uh, an abuser, couldn't keep a job, homeless, all this stuff, dude. I mean, they really went out, they did everything they could. They made memes about me. They tried to dig up my past. They talked to ex-girlfriends. I mean, they, and this is my own fucking party doing this shit. Okay. But it, it bled over into my friends and my followers and supporters and people in the party. And so I think that the last six years has gotten those people to a point where they're willing to deal with that shit. And this is something else that I wrote. Like a lot of people are constantly like, Hey man, why do you argue and fight with these people? You know what I mean? Why are you, why are you doing this? Why are you fighting with these people? It's like, you don't understand, dude. Like I have to do this publicly a, because if I hadn't have done this, all the people around me would think I am what they're calling me. Not, and I can prove it and I got receipts and all that shit. Right. But two, I want my friends to know that they can fight back against this misinformation and stuff like that. And I I can tell you personally that your attitude towards this has definitely affected me because if I wouldn't have, if if we weren't friends, I would still be anonymous on Twitter. I wouldn't be putting my name out there and being willing to back my beliefs. Well, and you guys know, like they've called my jobs. They've called, like I said, when we were trying, when we were going through the, unfortunately, the, the adoption thing didn't work out the way we wanted to, but when we were going through that, they called DS, D, DHS or uh, D, DCS on us, try and get us for, to keep us from adopting our, our, our kid's sibling. Jesus. Um, I mean, just all this shit, like they really went out and attacked me. And, and I think that libertarians are more prepared for that now than they were prior to my campaigns. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And it's a good thing. It was a good, it was a very timely thing because now they're starting to attack us in movies and media and they're writing people are writing news articles about us being these evil white supremacists and all this and stuff we're just sitting back and laughing being like come on you got to do better yeah, than you're gonna this. have to do a lot better our, than this. our own team attacks us harder <laughs> exactly um Diego, so so you you work and and your organization is nonpartisan. i'm sure yep much like the 10th amendment center which is smart i mean with this kind of stuff we need to be able to work, work across the aisles and and so there is this uh, event coming up soon called uh, uh, Rage Against the War Machine. Are you familiar? You've got to be familiar with that, I'm sure, right? Oh, yeah. Yep, I've heard about it. Cool. And, th- and there, it, is a, it is like a nonpartisan uh, mix of people, the People's Party, Libertarians. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think there might even be some like pro-Russia people there. I don't know, dude. The Forward Party. The Forward. No, I don't know if the Forward Party signed on or not. I, you know, I just did a voiceover last night for an ad for the the uh, rage the rage against the war machine uh, uh, thing coming out, and I'm really excited for that to come out. I don't know why I haven't done any voiceovers in a while, so I'm really excited about it. Um, are you guys working with that at all, Diego? The rage against the war machine? We're not going to be at that event per se. Uh, you know, we hope that it goes well. It's just like we have so many things going on. I think like we just have a scheduling conflict and stuff like that. Sure. But I've I've seen it on both the left and the right talking about it. I mean, hell, you never expect to click a, a Jimmy Dore link and then all of a sudden you see uh, Angela McArdle sitting right there and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Dude, that's cra- it is crazy to think about. And, and, you know, so there is some – Jimmy Dore is – very based lefty lefty dude especially when it comes to war he was really good on the covid shit you know what i mean like really really good on the covid shit Um, and and he's gotten completely demonized by the left for it his own people really i mean have have really come out against it 
like the shit libs and the the pretend you know like yeah he's been super based yeah and he has been, of... he's been based for a while too it's not like a new thing right but i think i think during covid is when like the the liberty movement and and some of the even the republicans from the freedom movement really started to notice that jimmy Dore was like whoa wait a minute jimmy Dore just came out against all the mandates and yeah closure closures and lockdowns and wait what's going on here you know um and he's a really smart guy too you know and i think his I, if you listen to his breakdown his his big beef is with crony capitalism of course you know what i mean and i think he understands the difference as opposed to the other leftists that just think any free market at all is crony, is crony capitalism um, and I think he understands the difference there, which is an important distinction for a leftist. Uh, it, it's that what differentiates you from being a fucking absolute AOC leftist to uh, being an uh, uh, I think like an old school leftist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think I we, mean, we huh? I just saw I just saw Michael Malice on his show yesterday. I'm like, what is going on here? Dude, it, <laughs> it's really cool, and I think I think the Rage Against the War Machine is having an effect on this kind of multi uh, political philosophy movement and it's kind of cool dude like listen i'm you guys know i'm no fan of the left okay i've i've been very honest when i lived in portland oregon i would drive down the waterfront and the antifa would throw eggs in my car like they knew who i was that's how like the left fucking hates me okay um and and so uh i i i just like this i think there's you know if if listen i'm not going to unite with the left on a lot of shit but if if there's something that we should all be united on, it's we got to stop fucking all these damn wars, right? Yeah. And, and and I think that that's one of the most important issues of our day, uh, especially now that you know all of a sudden Joe Biden Joe Biden's like, oh, we're gonna end the declaration of emergency for COVID in May, and it's like, really, you're gonna wait that long? Yeah. I yeah. thought I, I, we ended it in our house like uh, three gonna, years ago. What's gonna change in the next four months that you're you're going to accurately be able to predict? What's going to change in those right. months that will make it no longer an emergency? Don't tempt them. Don't tempt them. Yeah, fine, yeah okay. maybe they're going to come up with some We got a couple of super chats here. Shannon Lee, thanks for the $10 super chat. She said, we are now. Let's end this day with this. With this day has been harsh for many, but we're, we're here. Y'all drop your super chats. Don't be lame. It has been a rough day. I'm not going to lie. It was a rough day for me even. Uh, being my only day off, you think that I'd have like all this rest time? And I... My only rest was the 20 minutes I fell asleep before you guys showed up today. It's been it's been brutal. Uh, talk Fuji 47. What's up, man? Long time no talk. Uh, $20 super chat. That's huge, man. Appreciate it. Uh, just imagine if you'd platformed yoga pants without pushback. You'd be Clint today. Did I miss something about Clint? I, well, Clint was on the show with her. Are yeah. they doing? Are doing? Are they doing the debate? Well, they already did that. They did that. We yeah. remember we we streamed that on the show. No, 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 yeah. no. The one where it's uh, Top and Liberty Chick versus Clinton, someone else. Oh, are they the actually doing that on the Tower Gang um, Patreon? Uh, that's that's tomorrow though, right? They usually yeah. do their show on Wednesday. Yeah, I don't I don't know what day that is, but I I'm excited. And of course, my 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 twin down there, Joshua Smith, my my four four what is it, uh, six sixty nine thousand four hundred twentieth child says long hair. Yep, Cox five. I think I might be Ryan. Um, Embrace it; it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for the super chats. As per the usual, if you guys drop super chats, you know I'll read them on the show. Uh, within reason. I, there's there's only been like one or two ever that I've not read, and it was because they were during a Josh Denny episode, and it was his haters, and they were really bad, like to the point of where I would have got my my account shut down. But I appreciate them spending money on the channel, though. <laughs> uh, so what what's next for you guys, man? I listen. I know we got we got the uh, 
the defend the guard legislation being pushed all over the country. We've, we've had it introduced here in Iowa. Thanks, thanks to Jeff Shipley, who I love to death. I think he's a wonderful guy. I'm glad he got reelected. Um, but I mean, as far as your organization specifically, where are you guys focused at right now? What's going on uh, next for you guys? So at the same time we're doing, uh, <clears throat> so this, uh, what is it this Saturday? We have a school in Arizona. Um, so this is about an eight hour class where essentially we go through several steps of confrontational politics, right. And the grassroots model. And we, it's essentially broken down into six steps and, and we teach you like if, you know, cause there's a lot of libertarians that have obviously really good ideas. Their philosophy is the best as you're going to get it. The problem is, is that you're politically retarded, right? Cause you don't know what you're doing operating with these animals. Right. And you just think if I just hand you this constitution or if I just hand you anatomy of the state or whatever it is, you pick your book that you think would work. And it's like, then if then, then they would come around. And then that's where we have that expression where it says, I don't care if you see the light so long as you feel the heat. And we show you different applications and methods and how to put pressure on them and make them uncomfortable and drive narratives and knock down arguments, right? And essentially bully politicians to do what it is that you want. And that's the only way you're going to get what you get is to build up a pissed off grassroots group to really just come hammer them home and make them so embarrassed and squirm and have to forcibly do the right thing. Even with Liberty candidates where we have to force them to do the right thing because even they will squish out. I've seen that. Yeah. Breaks my heart. That, that, that's, that's uh straight up. That's a uh, right? Talking about some of you are going to take the bag yep. and you're going to walk away or, or you're going to, stay around and create chaos purposely because he took the bag. He's like, you won't, you won't know that I took the bag or he, so I won't tell you that no, I took the bag, but they'll yeah, be fine. The, the twin Rolls Royce, right? Yeah. You know, they got me uh, a white and a black Bentley of some sort. <laughs> yeah. He said, everybody's got the, everybody's got a number, man. Yeah. Everybody's got a number, but yeah, some will squish out for sure. And, and I think that, I think that, you know, some of that, Diego, uh, is is that people don't have the, uh, the the testicular fortitude when it comes to power structures. I think power structures can be really scary to some people, dude. You know what I mean? And I, and I get that. There was a time in my life where you know I was in the military, right? right. I joined. I joined. Uh, I joined the the military. I joined the Navy uh, right after nine eleven, um, and uh, I kind of understood that I was probably going to go to war at some point, um, yeah. and. Uh, and uh, it was a scary time, but what was scarier to me was getting in trouble. Somehow they had brainwashed me into this right. uh, fear of getting in trouble in the military. Yeah, right. And I spent you know three years like that, freaked out, thinking, uh, man, if I if I take one wrong step here, I lose my career, I lose my life, I can't ever get a job again. Like I, they have you so brainwashed in the military to think those things. Um, and I think that there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot like that in politics as well for for especially for younger guys or guys that have never been around the political power structure um, that it's scary to them and I and that's I think that that's where people squish out because they're like shit man these people might ruin my life you know I could get arrested I could do this you know if I go and do this thing I might get arrested I think January sixth was a I right. I think that January sixth was a was a a show of force for the for the political power structure in America I think that they're they're like we will detain you and hold you without bail without uh seeing a lawyer without seeing a judge we will hold you we can do this and I think that a lot of that came in with Obama too right 
um, signing just a couple of bills that were like indefinite detention of our own people. Yeah. So let me give you an example of what I've seen. I've seen people that tell me that they're going to follow the legislation. They're calling themselves Liberty Champion Uh, on social media platforms. They'll say every state should put forward this legislation. And then you find out because, you know, you're communicating. Our job is to get this bill, educate them. Right. It's impossible for you to know the ins and outs of this bill. The simplicity of it is you can understand it and make sense. When the adjutant generals, when the state comes back, starts clapping back and they're putting forward these letters that, you know, we can't look, no, every governor and adjutant general should make sure that no state puts this forward in all these letters and they're tagging the entire like state, state reps, you know, the entire house list so that everybody could see that you pissed off the adjutant general in your state. And then you watch these people just kind of squish. And kind of just get down and then come the excuse. No, but you don't understand. I'm a freshman. I'm new. You don't understand. I'm, I'm young and all this stuff. And, and my response is, so what do you need to be entrenched, rooted into the establishment and old as hell in order to get things done? Is that how you think you're going to do it? So a lot of these guys really don't understand that they make excuse. I'm not a veteran. I can't put forward this bill. It's like, I don't need my doctor to have cancer, man. Do the goddamn right thing. And a lot of these liberty legislators need to hear this because a lot of them are also squishing out and it bothers me and they need to know that they're not doing the right thing and so it's our job as well to come for their scalps if they don't act right because if holding them accountable is super super fucking important dude a hundred percent and if if we let them slide and if you're a liberty legislator and war isn't your biggest issue you're not a liberty legislator i don't know how to tell you this war is the worst thing a government does if that's not the part you want to put a check in don't call yourself a liberty legislator simple Yeah, I agree. I think I think in Dave Smith put it really well in in his uh, when he had his debate with Nick Sarwark and stuff like that. He said he said, uh, you know, I'm not here trying to gatekeep everybody, but there's some very basic fundamental things uh, in 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 liberty and and libertarianism that if you don't adhere to those very basic tenets, then you don't belong here. And one of those things is war. In fact, to me, it's the like like. Like uh, uh, Diego said, it's the number one thing, right? It's it's the <clears throat> listen. The Federal Reserve came about in 1913. Why? Why? Why did or the the federal tax, the the Federal Reserve, right. all this stuff? Why? It was right right around World War One, right? We gotta we gotta take we gotta take some taxes to put us in war. It's always 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 been the excuse to take this massive amount of taxes. Right. It's always been the excuse to 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 pump up these military industrial complex contractors. Right. It's always been the excuse. And and it's it leads to so much other bad shit. And I think people, you know, there's a there's a there's a core group of people in the United States that understand the actual effects of the war machine. And then everybody else understands how bad war actually is in war. Right. Like. We've all, we've all seen uh, Full Metal Jacket. We've all seen Platoon and Hamburger Hill and all okay, these movies. I watched right? Saving Private Ryan yeah. for the first time the other week, and I don't think I ever will again because I just got so angry Yeah. because I was sitting there like, these people, you know, my age and younger, were forced into these situations where they're having their friends die in their arms screaming for their mama. Right. And I just 
but, it, but, that's it, but, the, but this is the thing. That's the thing, though. That does, that's the basic thing that everybody understands. That war is bad. People die. It, it tears up uh, economies and all this stuff overseas. But they don't understand all the effects it has at home. Right. Right. Um, you, you, you're starting to get a movie here once every 10 years about the effects of PTSD, which is important. I think that people need to understand that when you go over there, you, you're never the same again when you get home. Uh, it really fucks people up. There's a lot of a lot of veteran suicides. In fact, more veteran suicides than any other demographic in the country. Um, I think that people need to understand the economic uh, uh, factors of it as well. The fact that you are taxed so high is because of war. Right when a third of the national budget is is the war machine, um, you're you're talking about we need to make the left understand and the and the progressives understand right that you guys want this free healthcare and this free education and all this stuff and they're telling you there's no money for that. Well, there's no money for that because they're using it all to go to war. They're using it all to pay Boeing and and Raytheon and all these big corporations that fund the wars right that with their with their weapons right. It's, it's, there's so much other bad stuff in the fallout of war that people don't understand. And I think that having some checks and balances on Congress, like the defend the guard legislation, which is super important, like organizations like bring our troops home and, and the 10th amendment center and people who can try to at least hold these politicians accountable is going to make people understand that there's other, uh, uh, bad effects from war other than just war itself. Right. And that's, it's a really hard thing to, to get through to some people, you know, there's so many, and, and it's, and I understand why it's hard. There's this social conditioning. There's this absolute, uh, brainwashing in all the media, the football games, the basketball games, all this stuff where it's like, they're going to make you feel patriotism, dude. At a young age, you're going to feel like it is your duty to make sure that we kill the bad guys all the time. And it's really, it's, it's really hard thing to break out of. Now, me going to war is what helped me break out of that, right? Actually seeing the effects of that stuff up close, knowing that my battle group dropped 100 billion tons of ordnance on Baghdad and knowing what Baghdad looks like, like that changed my whole perspective. But it shouldn't take that. Like it shouldn't have to take me right. but going just, there. Just by the numbers, it's like there's 2 million active duty military i think in the united states yeah. like actual soldiers so there's two million in a country of 330 million people so it's you know just like you said that taught you immediately what war is right, right? you don't want people to have to go through it but i honestly think that um media portrayal of war especially after vietnam when it's televised that's different like right. things change after vietnam and you know the military industrial complex, I still, it's definitely running, it's still strong. But I do think the media and even Hollywood, there are movies that will try to highlight those parts of the war that are, you know, more real or, or show the, the PTSD and the, um, the collateral destruction, right. most importantly, the innocent people that are killed. Well, and I just want to make it clear uh, when my boys are old enough, because I do have three boys in the house, um, and when my boys are old enough for conscription uh, and the people show up to my house, to try and to conscript yeah. my children. Yeah. Uh, I want them to understand why Fortunate Son is playing on the loudspeakers outside my house. <laughs> yeah. I want them to know uh, that my sons will not be going to war. Um, that is something that... And, and I think that that's another thing too. Like the Liberty Movement needs to really explain to their children, like don't join the military. Just don't do it. Right. Don't. Right. So one of, one of the things that I, I tell 
you know, the guys that are like, I want to join the military and all that stuff. And I'm like, well, how, excuse me, how much money would you, how much money do I need to pay you uh, to run over a little girl or to accidentally shoot a man? He's probably never going to see his kids again. Or how much money would it be to like, you know, essentially witness, you know, innocent people being locked into houses and blown up. Right. Because that shit happens all day. And, and how much money do you need to take in order to do that? And, and a lot of the times it's just breaking up the mythology behind this because, you know, you're right about the indoctrination that we've had where every institution that is available to us has been propagandizing us from the start. You know, the famous Tom Woods example about, you know, the Walmart kindergarten or the Walmart school where if they told your five-year-old, well, you know, the first Walmart CEO never told a lie. So there is an entire, you, you spend your entire life being propagandized. Uh, so it's hard to push back against that. I don't think you should go to war to have to do that. Um, but you have to essentially break people out of this because they think that they're, I think Peterson talks about it in the sense of like, you think you're fighting against the dragon, right? This is your journey. And a lot of people that join have a sense of adventure, a lot of sense of selflessness. Um, they're often leaders, but they're duped. They think that they're fighting against the dragon. They're fighting on behalf of it. And you just have to break that mythology up in their head and they kind of see it a little bit different. I think that's what the government's the best at as far when it comes to brainwashing is making you think you're on the side, but you're actually on the other side. Like, like truly. So even today we're talking about, you know, during COVID or cancel culture or all this stuff where it's like all these people out here that are calling themselves radical or leftists or whatever, and that think they're anti-establishment, but they're literally... Every single establishment apparatus in the country agrees with them. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. You're not the anti-establishment people anymore. I'm sorry, you're just not. And there was a time when the left was very good on war, especially after Vietnam, oh, yeah. dude. Yeah. Um, and there was a time when uh, the left was, if you could believe this, I'm going to say this out loud. There was a time when the left was very good on uh, feminism. Very good, dude. You know, the second wave feminists, second wave especially, yeah, was really, really good. I mean, and it's funny because the feminism now is like start an OnlyFans, show your butthole, all this stuff, right? Feminism, second wave feminism was like stop subjugating us. We're not just sex toys, right? And now the feminists are like, I'm going to show my titties everywhere. I'm going to spread my butthole. And this is what feminism is. And it's so weird to see how they become the establishment and they think that they're the anti-establishment dude it's so crazy because we we're the ones right like we're the ones that are getting censored everywhere by every establishment crony bullshit you could find we're the ones that are having you know uh getting fined and going to jail and doing all this stuff while they're out in the streets burning down buildings and protesting in the and the the the, the establishment the cathedral i, I like to call it mm -hmm. the cathedral of yeah. course they're like cheering them on it's like, you guys think you're the anti-establishment when you're being cheered on by the cathedral? No, you're literally their useful idiots, dude. You're and, doing their work. Yeah, we just also live in one of the strangest times in human history because I don't know if there's any other point where one of the kind of fundamental axioms of uh, humanity has been altered as much as it was with the birth control pill right. where... He brings up birth control. Yeah, he loves but where... where uh, Sex for women suddenly was no longer an extremely high risk transaction. Right. And we're 50 years out from that. We don't know what we're doing. Right. Uh, by the way, my fiance refuses to take birth control and it scares the shit out of me. 
Because we have so many damn kids, dude. <laughs> I mean, how we figure it out? My my wife and I agreed that no hormonal. Birth yeah, no, and I and I, I'm, I after like her going over it with me and explaining it to me, like I totally get it. Like I'm not. Yeah. I'm not at all worried it, about it. It messes with your cortisol production Everything. and all yeah. sorts all sorts of stuff. Uh, let me, let me uh, talk about these super chats here. Uh, talk Fuji 47 through another super chat. $20 super chat. Thank you. Uh, said, we talk a lot, LOL, abrogate authoritarians who's, yeah, this guy's really cool. I love him to death, man. Um, what has me pissed is Clint put on Eliza Blue and the episode didn't start with him asking about deplatforming the quartering. Uh, yeah, so here's the thing about Eliza. And this is all I'm going to say about it on the show. Okay. Um, Eliza and I have been friends for some time. She's been on the show. Uh, the work that she does right now for trafficking victims, and this is verified work. Okay. I've seen it. I've talked to people who have seen it. I've talked to people that have, have been uh, the recipient of her work. It's very good work. It's very, very good work. It's helped a lot of fucking people, dude. Okay. Now, she may be lying about everything from her past. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't gone through all the threads. There's threads everywhere about it all over the place. I don't know. If she has, that's, that sucks. That's terrible. Uh, stop fucking doing that. Um, but the work that she has done in the close uh, uh, past has been really good work. Okay? And I'm not going to drag her through the mud for that. But I will say that Having big accounts deplatformed because they posted things that may show that you were lying about your past is bad form. It's yeah. really fucked up. You should not be doing that. Take accountability for your shit. If if you made stories up, fine. Say, hey, I made these stories up, but this is what I'm doing now. I was a different person back then. And move on. Do not deplatform these great the quartering is one of my favorite follows of all time. Okay. Um, but I will say that I've been friends with Eliza for a while, okay? but I don't know anything about her past. I just know about her advocacy work that she's done now. And it, and it's true. I know that's true. Um, and I appreciate that work, but she, yes, if, if she is actually getting people deplatformed off Twitter, that's fucked mm -hmm. up and you need to stop doing that. It's really bullshit. And I would tell her that to my, to her face, uh, quest $2 super chat. Thanks, man. He said, that's all I care about is war. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, Quest with a $50 super chat, dude. Thank you, man. He said, back in the day, we went to see movies on the 4th of July specifically to avoid the noises of fireworks, etc. cetera. Uh, when in Saving Private Ryan, that beach landing scene was showing on screen. He said that what he was avoiding, he was drafted. Yeah. Crazy, man. Really crazy. Yeah, uh, you know, I've heard, uh, uh, I have heard veterans say that the beach landing scene in Saving Private Ryan, bad, is pretty legit. Yeah. Um, as far as the chaos and the noise, and the I, th I think the the as far as war movies that have stuck with me uh, for a long time in my life, uh, Hamburger Hill. If you guys haven't ever seen that one yep. from the eighties, and then of yep. course Platoon. Uh, Platoon yeah. really fucked me up, dude. Uh, yeah. I've been I've been thinking about that one my whole life. Still, still, I think about it. Uh, but I watched those when I was a kid, though, too. So what? I I, re I remember there being like a war movie that's really stuck with me. Not what if you don't remember the name. Yeah, I don't remember the name of it, but I remember the concept that stuck with me is that what really really traumatized like the main characters was not 
the chaos around them, but what they did, the people <clears throat> that they became during the war, and that's what that's what fundamentally altered them. I don't know, man. It's crazy shit. What you got a war movie that stuck with you, Diego? Uh yeah, Black Hawk Down, man. Yeah, that'll uh, be- that was like my Bible back in the day. And that's a true story yeah, too. That's, that a one's, one uh, too. that's a fucked up. That's a really fucked up story. It, it's funny because you think about some of the true stories of the military, even the ones that have been turned into movies, and it's so fucked up. And then you think about it, and you're like, "That's real. That really happened." Yeah. Like the Pat Tillman story. Oh yeah. Like I was shit. in. Uh, I was. I just got to the same platoon that he was in uh, when he died. No shit. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that, dude. That's- but not. No, no. Excuse me. I said platoon. I meant company. He was in a different platoon. I don't know why I was thinking that because you just mentioned platoon. Uh, yeah, I did. I was yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. platoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he was in a different platoon, but we were in the same company. Uh, but he was already, uh, you know, yeah, dead. Dead from the time friendly, I got there. from friendly fire. They say. Yep. Which is crazy. Yeah, to think about blue. That. Uh, what they call it blue on blue, right? Yeah. And the, and and you know, if you hear the stories about how they say he was like yelling and screaming, friendly, 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 and they were still shooting at him, it, it fucking sounds like a it hit. It was dude. fucking horrible. Yeah. And I, you know, obviously they squashed that story. And um, yeah, they they but, won't be putting a movie out about that one. No, soon. no. <laughs> and they don't talk. It's in some movies. That's what was that one with uh with Meg Ryan? Something about courage. Oh, courage under fire. fire. And courage under fire. Yeah. There's a there's a realistic uh, war movie, but um, you know they squash those stories because they don't wa- they don't want you to know how often that happens. Right. It, it's common. It's too common. Right. You know? I'm just wondering why they don't make more you know movies that you know not do a crazy job of like this guy's got PTSD and he's homeless. There's enough all of that, but just like why don't they show a movie of like just how multiple lives get destroyed by this? Like you were, you were essentially making a case, I don't know, probably 10 minutes ago about sort of like an eye pencil of how war screws up every aspect of society, globally, locally, everything. Like I'm wondering why no one's ever tried or why there isn't more of that, that just tries to give you that, that eye pencil type interweb of how it just fucks everything that it's involved with yeah i think that i think the only good ex, uh example of that and it's not an actual eye pencil version i mean it's have you guys seen brothers dude that was fucked that up was movie fucked dude. up wasn't that was it a fucked up movie dude yeah that's a danish movie i think huh that was originally a danish movie i think before it was they a da- yeah yeah, yeah. Here with it was like a, the u.s was a remake of it spider-man yeah. i'm realizing that i have not seen like really any war movies this isn't a war movie, dude. This is a movie where he comes home from war after yeah. think they thought he was dead. He was MIA. Oh, he, and his brother, Tony, his brother had Toby McGuire, Toby right? McGuire, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, okay, just spoil it. It's a whole movie. It's a fucked up movie, dude. <laughs> it's a really fucked up movie. Uh, Quest Fanning, thanks for the five dollars super chat. He said, "To be clear, my dad actually appreciated that it told his sons that war is a mess." Talking about um, saving Private Ryan, saving Private Ryan. Yeah, uh, not to be confused with saving Ryan's privates. <laughs> by vivid i just realized for the first time in my life in my life i am extremely grateful that my older brother has a one-of-a-kind heart condition Why? because it didn't it, it prevented him from joining the military oh, no shit. Yeah. yeah yeah i uh nothing prevented me from joining the military uh 9-11 hyped me up so much to join the military that i don't think anything anything could have stopped me at that point 
I was right. ready, dude. I was just like, yeah. I'm ready to go and avenge my country. You know, all I've ever been taught is patriotism and I have to go defend my sister and my, my family and my, and my friends. And this is an attack on us. And then I, you know, I go to boot camp and then I go to a school and then I get to the fleet and it's like, we're in Iraq in the Gulf and I'm going, wait, wait a minute. What? That has, this has nothing to do with nine 11. What's going on here? You know? And that was really the first eye opening experience that I had. And then uh, when they there's two galleys on the on the carrier and the second galley they shut down the galley and turned it into a bomb building an ordnance building uh site basically and they were putting together all this ordnance in the galley um and then bring it topside putting it on jets birds were leaving they were coming back empty all yep. day long all day long all day long dropping 100 and this was the shock knock campaign right and uh i'll never forget that dude just thinking like that's a lot of bombs dude a lot of fucking bombs <laughs> Like, and they're going on these big racks and just being wheeled right up to the top, put right on the, on the, they, we had a couple F-14s, mostly F-18s. And then they were, put, you know, loading them up, dropping them. And they'd come back, fill up, load them, drop them, fill up all day, all day long, dude, without fail for like a couple weeks straight. And I just remember thinking, dude, like, and I say this shit on the show all the time, but I remember thinking like Baghdad's like a big city, bro. It's like, like Oakland, yeah. you know what I mean? Or New York city. I mean, there's like. It's not obviously that advanced, but there there's people who have day jobs there, construction workers, there's kids, there's family pets. Uh, people have goals and dreams and aspirations. There's kids that want to be uh, dancers. There's kids that want to be mathematicians. There's kids that want to be uh, in rock bands. Um, you know, and, and there's all these, these, these things that are just like us, right? But when you watch the, the reports on the TV and you see the movies about it, they don't make them anything like us purposely. Because did if you- they did... Did you see at that time? I know you're a young kid at that time. As a kid, right? Oh, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. But did you see any parallel between you know you saw the towers hit by planes, civilians killed, right. and now you're in a war, conscript, you know, as a as a as a government soldier, and now you're watching that happen to a city. Yeah, it's watching. Just, it. it was like it was like well, and it was a, the the thing about it was for me it was like Baghdad isn't even. I mean, Iraq didn't even do this to us. Right. It was like uh, it was like total sleight of the hand, right? It's like, oh, weapons of mass destruction. We got to go over to Iraq right now. I guess that was my that was my confused question. There it was like, did you feel like you were getting the bad guy or no? Yeah, no, right, not at all, yeah. not at all. I was that was why I was so confusing. And it was funny because when we would port, we'd port in Bahrain, right? And you go to Bahrain, which isn't far from Kuwait and all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you we'd port in Bahrain, and I'd go out to the city at Bahrain and hang out with people from Iraq and Kuwait and Iran and there was a bar that we would go to in Bahrain called Kelly's it was an Irish pub with two with two uh British woman bartenders like and I'm going I'm going what the fuck is going on here dude like we're just like one country away from from all this mess right and and all these people are getting along just fine here with me with me I'm hanging out with these people at this you know 65 story hotel like I'm hanging out with all these people these are my friends and we're fighting them one country away. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it, dude. I could not. At 18, it was such a monumental experience for me to have that and go, I don't want to be a part of this anymore ever again. Ever again. And that's when I came home. I, I started working on trying to get out of the military. That was like what exactly what I wanted to do. I was like, I don't want to be a part of this shit anymore. And, and I'm sure there's not a lot of 18-year-olds like me. I mean, a, a lot of the kids that come back 19, they're, they're still like, yeah, we did the right thing. I was like, I was like, yeah. this, this mission is corrupt. I'm jaded. I don't want to be a part of the military at all what, anymore. What about Diego? I guess same question to Diego. I don't know what, what his role was in the military. 
you talk about right. that a little bit? Right. So I think one of the first things that you get is you get the blinders knocked off of you almost right away. They're like, listen, you're not here for democracy. This isn't about keeping America. This is about making sure that you and your buddy get home alive. Um, that is the biggest lesson. And that's why I feel like a lot of veterans um, have an inkling to move towards liberty, especially afterwards, is because you get those blinders knocked off and you get them knocked off real fast. Because if you're being honest, if you're in there, you know you're in there. You have a pretty good gut now about what the situation is. So what do you tell someone if you want to make sure that they come home alive? Put away the fancy, the, the fantasy of this is about democracy here or this is about protecting your country back home. This is really about making sure that all the guys with us here are brought home back alive and not a box. And, and then once you just hear it like that and, and you just see it and you go, yep, you're absolutely right. And then, you know, you see people come back in those boxes. Then you're like, oh, well, this is bullshit. And then it just takes it really just it's a lot easier to peel off that that film and just really see see for what it is. Some people have cognitive dissonance so bad that they have to double down into this like sort of mentality. And that really sucks um, because in order to like protect their identity, they're becoming more of like a cultish type member. Whereas I feel a lot of vets that, that do this, man, you can just be straight with them and. And they're like, yeah, no, this was bullshit. And then that's it. And then you can start to be like, really? And then introduce them more to uh, liberty as well. I agree. And I think uh, it's funny how many people that you meet in the liberty movement um, that are solid, uh, like veterans that are anti-war. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really high number. Actually, uh, but while we're on that, uh, this is a good time for a word from one of our sponsors real quick. If you guys are good with that. Guys, go check out Peace Hawk Coffee with this small coffee roasting business. Peace Hawk will sell delicious micro-batch roasted coffee online while donating at least $1 of every pound sold to worthy foreign aid organizations like Yemen Relief and Reconstruction Foundation, who has expressed support for this project. Uh, while their initial focus will be on Yemen, uh, Yemen Ethiopian coffee, they also have some affordable uh, Central American varieties available too, including the one from Honduras that me and uh, Julia really love and, and drink all the time. It's great stuff. Uh, however... Peace Hawk will always donate at least $1 from every pound sold to worthy foreign aid organizations. When you buy Peace Hawk coffee, you're not only buying great coffee, you have a chance to support the economies of countries struggling against the effects of war, support stellar private aid foundations doing life-saving work abroad, support stateside peace activists like myself, uh, everybody who's probably ever been on this show, my good friend Will Hobson, who started this company, um, and uh, and uh, the name Peace Hawk will be a counter to the Warhawk, who is aggressively pro-war. This company will be aggressively pro-peace. Sign up today on their email list list at peacehawk.coffee uh, to get all the alerts when they go live. I think they might actually be. He might be getting really close to going live, so uh, you guys should definitely sign up over there and, uh, and start ordering that coffee when you can. It's great stuff, man. It's like um, hand-bagged, uh, really cool, like brown, kind of enclosed bag with a little breather on it and we we uh we french press that shit i grind it up and french press it it's so good dude it's really good coffee so if you guys could go do that for me and my good friend will and support companies that are uh trying to make a difference in that aspect man it's really it's really important um that they they get support that they need uh diego man we're uh we're definitely getting to the end of this thing dude but uh i really appreciate you coming on you want to tell uh people what they can do to help support you guys how they can help you uh find you listen to you all that good stuff 
Oh shoot, you're pro sober foreign policy. Hold on, like hold you... on, Diego. I think you were muted there for a second. Um, I mean, can, can you start that over and so where people can find you and support you and all that stuff? Yeah, am I still muted? No, you're unmuted now. Okay. Um, yeah, so if you go to troopshome.us uh, on Twitter, uh, bringertroopshome.us, and then 107club.com. Um, like I said, we're, uh, we're an organization uh, with very few people that are actually running this and, and doing this, and we do more with a shoestring budget than multi-million dollar orgs would ever dream of doing. Um, but if you want to help, go to 107club.com. If you want, uh, reach out to me, I guess, on the Twitter. I'll, I'll check those those things, too. Or uh, email me at diegobringertroophome.net um, because what I've got working with this American Legion, it's going to take grassroots activists that actually want to do it. And if they do it, uh, and this is what I say to the people that don't just want a virtue signal on Twitter, but actually get this stuff done and actually put some real pressure on these politicians, find a way to get a hold of me, please. And let's work on getting these resolutions passed because th this is different. And let me just really quickly tell you why. Aside from the pressure that you put on the politicians, these people in the American Legion, unlike the government, actually really care. So let me give you an example of why and how it's vastly different than when the government puts forward a resolution. So it was the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier that was being vandalized. And it wasn't until the American Legion put forward a resolution that says that they were going to protect it. And you have to imagine that these people are 50, 60, 70 years old, and they're patrolling this place 24 hours, seven days a week until Congress felt so shame that they actually fixed the issue. The same thing comes with the Defend the Guard resolution. This is one of the fastest ways to borrow institutional power and use it and wield it against the people who refuse to do the right thing. And even the people that want to do the right thing that are being bullied not to do it. This is a great way to force their hand to do the right thing. It's a great way to educate them. So if you reach out to me, we can work on this. If you want to talk about the political leadership school or whatever, um, but we need more activists here in this fight. So if you contact me, I will help you. And instead of just spinning your wheels and feeling like you're not doing stuff, let's give you direction. Let's give you logistics and use that motivation and actually get stuff done and not just talk about it. Yeah, that's really important too. I think that's that's the hardest part about being in the liberty movement is getting people to do fucking anything, <laughs> right? Uh, it is it is it is very hard to get people to do grassroots activism in this movement. I don't know why that is. Um, you guys should. A lot of, well, th this movement, just like many other, needs to have like a St. Patrick moment where the grifters and the charlatans kind of can see their way out. And I don't mean people that disagree. Please, you know that's not what I mean at all. I mean there's a lot of people that that are here that would be anywhere else if they just offered them a paycheck. So also, I think it pays way too much to virtue signal on Twitter versus rather than than actually doing the hard work and rolling up your hands and doing the stuff that maybe doesn't go on Twitter, but in a year from now causes massive changes. And that's the difference is, you know, I guess one is they want the short term payoff of posting something online and there's nothing wrong with doing that. But the, when you ask people to do stuff like the one percent are actually the people that go out there and actually do it. And and they have the biggest changes. And, and these are the people that go out there and they just, they suffer and they do it and they get stuff done. And then everybody kind of piggybacks off what they do. But those people are the real gems. And if you find them, those are your real gems. Not the people that fucking jerk each other off on social media, but the ones that actually go out there and do it. 
hold on to them because those are one of the good ones. And they probably mean it because they're actually willing to do the work. That's just what I've seen over several, several years of being involved in grassroots is that part right there. If they're actually willing to do work, don't let them go. Yeah, I agree, man. It's uh, it's such a hard thing to get these people to to do anything. So when you do find somebody who's willing to work, do the work, it's it's an important thing. Uh, we do have a couple more super chats before we get going. Uh, Joe, the OP, what's up, man? Thanks for uh, ten dollars super chat and for being a member for quite some time. Uh, he said they fought for their land on Amazon and All Quiet in the Western Front on Netflix are very solid anti-war movies. I have not had the opportunity to watch All Quiet on the Western Front yet, but I've been told that it's a very good movie. So I definitely want to check it out. Um, Talk Fuji, what's up, man? Uh, he said pre-ASFAB was 94. They convinced me I'd go to drop out of helicopters on skis in Afghanistan. Then my, <laughs> un- then my uncle explained they can change the contract. They can, dude. They really can, man. Uh, big time. Uh, JC, $1.50 super chat, uh, or not super chat, uh, Kay- a Kalina George sticker. He dropped the peach sticker. Uh, Quest Fanning, uh, $2 super chat. Thanks, man. He said, let's catch up on Twitter. Uh, buddy, I'm always willing to catch up with you on Twitter. I just, before we go, I want to say, uh, and I'm going to give a round of applause to my, my good friend, here, uh, Mr. Quest Fanning. Thank you for the $50 super chat. We haven't seen a $50 super chat in a long time. Uh, real long time. You're the man. Thank you so much for, for that for us. Uh, you guys know we're, we're trying to move into a new, uh, a new, position for this show and actually fly people out so the more super chats you guys drop the more you become members of things i see a lot of guys uh, don't have their their btc logo in the chat anymore uh the more you guys do that stuff the closer we get to being able to fly in some of these bigger guests and, and having them on the couch in the studio of course we still need some studio equipment if anybody's got a uh, a nice at least eight channel uh, audio interface that they want to part ways with let let us know we definitely need that um but we love you guys to death hey diego i'm a big fan man i really appreciate all the stuff that you're doing dude you're killing it uh i i can't i don't know what else to say we need about 150,000 more people like you willing to do this kind of work man it's it's a very hard thing and uh, uh we appreciate it here on break cycle and the libertarians we appreciate it man thank you absolutely dude it's my pleasure yep absolutely you have a good one brother thank you all right guys hey please go support his organization uh, it's, it's such an important work. Uh, if you're an anti-war activist, uh, or, or just, you have the anti-war sentiment at all. Uh, it's so important to support places like the 10th amendment center and bring our troops home because they're the ones that are going to do the work for you. You know what I mean? If you can't do the work yourself, at least throw some cash at their, 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 their way so that they can get a bigger budget and do the work, uh, for you. Cause that's, that's how we get things done. That's how they do it in the Democrats and Republicans, dude. If you can't do the work, they just pay someone to do the work, man. Um, so it's really important that you guys get out there and do that stuff. Uh, we love you to death. Guys, you got anything before we get going? Uh, follow me on Twitter at BulldogGamer28. And then I have, I've had the ex of Kalina George reach out to me on Twitter. And I could use advice on how to effectively platform him without it being like petty and um dramatic i want to i want to be able to give him a platform without it being just a hit piece true and so if anyone has any advice on that please reach out to me because well and i want to be clear because this is something that's been brought to me uh you know Mm -hmm. this family members of kalina george on the show uh as somebody who spent six years having their family dragged through online bullshit and political bullshit uh i'm just not willing to do that Yep, um, that's and not I, I totally yeah. understand it. That's just I'm, not something I'm that I'm willing to, to do as a show. Um, 
I've been through it. I know how I know how it goes. It sucks. Uh, there's a lot of things that have been said about me that are true. Uh, there's a lot of things that have been said about me that are absolutely out of left field and false. Um, I would, I don't lie about the things that are true. I've been very honest about them. Um, but that it, it could be the same way for her. You know, we don't know what's real, what's fake. It could be a ugly divorce. I don't know. And I don't want to be a part of that. You know yeah. what I mean? So I don't know. You got anything, AJ? Uh, Diego kind of inspired me uh, when, with his uh, speech there about the defend the guard, and uh, my father is actually involved with the Baldwin Patterson post, the uh, post two seven four on the east side. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to get involved, and uh, if we can help him out in any yeah, way, dude, if we I'm, can work with the I'm Legion. That'd do be that. sick, dude. I'd be down, yeah. down to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I like absolutely. what he's doing. Right, guys, we will have another show for you on Thursday. Um, we're going to do a members-only stream for a couple minutes, too, and talk about some current events and stuff like that. So if you guys want to join the uh, show, you can do that under the YouTube links uh, by hitting the join link there. I think that's I think that one's four ninety nine a month or five ninety nine a month. You get some you get bucks, yeah. you get some special emojis that you can drop for free in the chat. Um, a lot of big like BTC uh, uh, themed emojis. Um, you also get a badge next to your name that changes color the longer. We gotta get a custom Yepcox. Yeah, we should get a Yepcox. That's true. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll get Top to make one of those. Um, and then, oh, you can also join on the Patreon or the Subscribe Star, and both of those are the website.com backslash Break the Cycle JS, um, where you can get. Uh, where you can get uh, some extra swag. It might take you a year to get it sent out to you, but it'll, you'll get it. Um, and you, and of course, any of those things, if you join on any of those platforms, you can get into the private Discord server uh, with a lot of really fucking cool people, man. I think even Stefan Kinsella's in there somewhere. So he doesn't talk much, but he's there. Uh, guys, I love you to death. Uh, seriously, you guys, uh, I just, I just want to say we're getting real close to 200 shows. Uh, we got a about 11 more shows till 200 and I'm going to try and do something real special for the 200th show real fucking special. Um, but, but, uh, it's been a ride, man. It's been a real ride with you guys. I know some of you guys were watching this week. I was talking about retiring from, from Liberty politics. Um, and I know independent political report reached out to me to ask me about my thoughts and all that stuff. And they put out an article and there's been a lot of talk about maybe the Mises caucus kicked me out or asked me to step down or any of that stuff. None of that is true. Um, I did say that I'd like to retire and I, and I, and I, I would like to retire from the political aspect of things outside of my state for a while. Um, I've traveled all over this fucking country for six years and I want to put more focus on the show and my kids and, and local politics. <coughs> um, and I don't know that I, I feel like, and I want to, I want to be clear here. I feel like the party has moved past me, right? There was a time, like I've said on the show, where I was Leroy Jenkins for this for the for the for the Mises Caucus. I kicked down the door. I ran inside, screaming fire. Uh, we got rid of a lot of the bad people. We gutted it. Um, there's there's some things that I really fucking love about the new direction of the Libertarian Party, and there's some things that I don't like. Um, but either way, I believe that the party has moved past me, uh, moved past my usefulness, um, and so there is a real. Uh, musing there and mulling over of of me maybe stepping down and and uh letting the party do what it wants to do um i don't know man it's uh it's one of those things where i i've put in a lot of work and i don't know i don't know that i'm useful anymore i think that my style is better suited now that the party is what it is to working locally 
uh, and doing the show and speaking engagements. You know, I'm always down to do speaking engagements. If there's a, an event or something that you need a speaker at, I'm more than willing to come out for very, very fucking cheap, way cheaper than most other speakers. Um, but I just think that that's where my focus is better at. And so that's what I'm looking for. Um, talk Fuji, man. Thanks for upgrading your membership to strong. You're, you're kind of like the, the entrepreneur type where it's not just the entrepreneur yeah. it's, it's the it's I, i'm really good at motivating people but i'm also brash mm-hmm. you know and i think that and the you're party, good at building things and fighting yeah, against and fighting, fighting difficult battles yes. but now that the difficult battles have really kind of been won it's a lot of the mundane right. battles yeah it's mundane stuff now mm-hmm. i think that the party has gotten quieted down quite a bit compared to what it used to be i don't think they need a guy at the front with a sword chopping heads off yep. anymore and that's what i was good at and and i don't think um i don't know that we need that anymore mm-hmm. and so i don't know i am mulling over a lot of things right now uh you know i do have the family that needs me and a, and a show and i think that those things have been really good if you guys don't know our first year of the show we did a million downloads and views across all platforms it was it's really good it's it's reaching people um if you guys saw my breakdown from spotify this year it's uh, more yeah. than doubled um since last year not financially but <laughs> listenership has been really good um, and, uh, and it's really, it's really going good. And, and by the way, we have a spot open for a sponsor. So if any of you guys got a business that you want to sponsor the show with, we'll be more than happy to work with you if you're a, a business that we're, uh, able to support. Um, but anyways, I just wanted to tell you, I love you guys and, and I appreciate all the support that you've given us over the years. Uh, it really means the world to us and, uh, we'll see you in the members only show here in a few minutes. Thank you guys so much. And don't forget to break the cycle. to explain the lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the verse and the frame but i just meant it in minecraft the helicopter part was in reference to gta 5 and the things you do so any violence you commit i am not an excuse because i just meant it in minecraft what chipper is my friend and he's constantly cold accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless it's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft You're nothing I mean, you know it No product finish, cause you're close to COVID Holy shit, I think I'm a poet